We're on a mission from God. And now, something completely different. Good morning to everyone out there, and uh, welcome. I'm Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark from Ascension Lutheran Church in beautiful South St. Louis, Missouri. And this is uh, Pastor Jolly John Lekumski coming to you for the last time from Northfield, Minnesota. Get out and, while and, you can, and, John. Get out while oh, you can. Yeah. <laughs> Tell you what, it's been a beautiful summer up here when I was seeing you guys in your 95 degrees and we had 70s and stuff. But, oh, it's getting chilly now. Have you so. turned the heat on? Oh, the yes, the furnace running? has been on. Oh, yeah, the furnace is running. We got our winter coats on. Uh, no snow at this point, but but we've had some uh, wintry mix, I think was the word you used last week. <laughs> hey, hey, Matt, before we do anything, oh, by the way, this is wrestling, wrestling with, with the, the basics. basics. I, I apologize. I'm sure, but how, how is your health, Matt? How are you doing? Oh, well, thanks, John. Thanks for asking. Yeah, I, uh, just an update on my uh, my back. As we uh, discussed a few weeks ago, uh, fell out of a tree. <laughs> Thank you for mentioning that. Yeah, <laughs> I think yeah, people well, need to remember if that. If I didn't, I knew you would. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I deserve it, right? Uh, so, uh, anyway, uh, well, yeah. you are you 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 stand as a warning to all people who climb into trees. <laughs> I am like a walking public service announcement, John. You're a cautionary tale. Yes, you're yes. welcome, listeners. Um, yeah, so I, and it was Labor Day. So that was September the 2nd. I'll never think of Labor Day the same again. Uh, next time I'm doing no labor on Labor Day because what I was trying to do was <laughs> hang up a swing that did not turn out well. Uh, but anyway, you stay out of trees. Just yeah. stay out of the trees. That's right. That's right. Just listen to my wife. Listen to Lisa. Life will go so much better. Um, <laughs> Seriously, did she tell you not to get in the tree? Yeah, probably multiple times. But, you know, it's just, uh, <laughs> okay. you know, anyway, um, I'm sorry, dear. <laughs> and she's been so wonderful and patient during my healing process and just awesome. Uh, that job of a caregiver is not an easy one, as many people know. Uh, so a big thank you to her for her patience. Anyway, um, I'm I'm healing up. I went to the doctor on Friday, and they did x-rays. And uh, my three vertebrae, two of the three are uh, healing real well. Uh, the third one still has, has a little healing to do, T7. Mm. So uh, still in the back brace uh, for another what's going to be another six weeks. So oh, wow. uh, finally, wow. yeah, well, from the time that I saw him. So um, it'll come off you know, the, the middle part of November. So hopefully before Thanksgiving. And, uh, you know, again, just uh, thanks be to God that it wasn't worse than what it was. No surgery necessary, uh, no spinal injury, but just uh, just some sore bones that are healing right now. And, and God willing, that'll get healed up and uh, life will get back to normal. But I can drive now, John. I can drive. Oh, good. I'm on the good. road. So uh, so that's good. That was that was kind of tough and tough on the family to to have one less person driving, especially with two kids with busy oh, yeah. schedules. Yeah. Uh, so uh, glad to be back. Well, we're certainly glad that the sacrifices you've made, Matt, being here. I, I know you, you've driven into the studio now this week, and, and before you had people drive you into the studio. So uh, I think we all really appreciate your dedication to the program and, and to your church and everything, Matt. And God, God bless you. Oh, thanks, John. I'm a um, slave. I'm not. 
Totally you're nothing a slave. Just do, that's right. I'm not worried. You're like last week, so. Which, if you missed it, boy, it was a good one. Luke 17, check it out sometime. So, so I, I have one last comment because this will be our last. Next time you and I will be together, it'll be so much fun to be in the studio with one another. Uh, um, your brace isn't that big, is it? <laughs> we I know, we, we don't the... have much space. I need to clear off the uh, the bucket for you, so you have a place to sit. Uh, and okay. uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe they can set the toilet paper and stuff some some other room while <laughs> until you get so. out of the brace because it's kind of tight. Uh, but anyways, I'm leaving Minnesota. Uh, of course, our plan is, you know, next year we're going to have a tour up here. So I'm glad that your your injury didn't uh, change those plans. And I have a new destination for our tour, man. Okay. Um, outside of Jordan, Minnesota, uh, if you get up here independent of our, our tour, um, you, you want to go. It, it's the state's biggest candy store. Ooh, boy. There is more candy than you can imagine. The building is like, I don't know. An acre, <laughs> big. I I don't know. Yes, yes, that's what I um, How many times have you been been in there, John? Since you've oh, we've there. been in there repeatedly because <laughs> it, it's not it. You, you, there's always something new to discover. Oh man. boy, <laughs> it's always new. But here's what I just wanted to share with our listeners because I think this is something about the people in Minnesota. Because I mean, this is really an, an incredibly huge candy store. In fact, I would suspect it may be the biggest candy store in the entire country. Right. Wow. Or, or if not the entire country, at least two thirds of the states. But of course, <laughs> their byline is the largest candy store in Minnesota, because that's the thing you find with Minnesotans. They are very, very humble. Very modest. But then huh? again, if if you live in a in, in a in a, 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 a an area where you have thirty degrees below weather and six foot of snow, that humbles you, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that's right. You live in a winter like that, that that leaves you humble. And so we we want to say thank you to the people of Minnesota who have put up with us for these last few months, and and it has indeed been a great blessing. And next summer, Matt and I and all of our listeners will be up here, and we'll go to the well. I like I said, I think two thirds of the state's uh, biggest candy store, but they're only claiming it for Minnesota. Well, you so, you have you to go. have a place to go when there's a wintry mix outside. And the candy <laughs> store must be it. So you, you spend all day there. You don't even have to go outside. That, that's true. You just go in there and, and your whole day is set. So I, I think we should expand this tour to be like the John Lekumski you know, biography tour, and we could, <laughs> we, we could, we could drive through New Athens and see your home and your, your oh. the, you know, St. Paul's. We could go to Darmstadt, see Trinity that you always mention, and then we'll head north to your summer home in, <laughs> in Minnesota. It'll be great. Well, for a future date. <laughs> <laughs> so now enough of this. Do you have that sound effect? Oh, I've got it queued up. Here we go. All right, now there's no time for foolishness. Um, so where are we at, Matt? We're back to Second Timothy. Yes, but, we are back to Second Timothy, and we're we're uh, in chapter three, uh, verse fourteen. And okay. uh, I think oh, let's see, we'll see. I think we can finish up chapter three, get into chapter four today, pretty easily. And again, it's just kind of a fun book of the Bible because it is it's one that is just overflowing with with emotion and with uh, personal notes. And we'll see that especially in the the final verses of the book. Uh, more personal than perhaps any other thing that Paul wrote as he writes to his beloved son in the faith, as he calls him, Timothy, that young pastor. And Paul knows that the end of his life is probably drawing near as he's in chains uh, under arrest for sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, so what does he want to get across to Timothy in his perhaps last words? Well, we'll find out here as we continue in chapter 3, 
Uh, why don't we begin first 14, John, verses 14 through 17. All right. But as for you, you, Timothy, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Yeah. So what are these verses about, John? If you had to summarize them in a couple of words, what are they about? Well, so, so here's what I'm thinking, because you, you had said that. You had said this is like Paul's uh, uh, swan songs. Yeah. The, he's dying, so we, we need to tell you what are the most important things. And I think it's striking that he says the most important thing is is the Scripture. Yeah. Uh, although not just the Scripture in and of itself, but the Scripture that brings you faith uh, in, in Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. So it's the scripture so central for any Christian, but especially for for Pastor Timothy, right? Yeah. And, and scriptures that that do something. Or okay, um, I, I think it's kind of interesting. You've been acquainted with the sacred writings, he calls them, which are able to make you wise for salvation through Jesus Christ. So the, those sacred writings that Timothy's been been familiar with, even from a young age. What are those sacred writings that that, that Paul's talking about here? The scriptures, well, be, right? But but yeah. Well, at this point, uh, now, now that's a good question, Matt. I, obviously, you'd be talking about the Old Testament. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. Are, are there are there other writings? Are you aware at this point? Would there be other things? Would some of the Gospels have been written at this point? I, I suppose Paul would Paul be talking about the other letters he's written? Would they be qualified as sacred writings? What, what do you what do you think, Matt? Well, yes, but I, I think I think primarily here he's talking about the Old Testament, like you said at first. I think you hit the nail on the head because he's also talking about here specifically how you've learned it, you know, growing up from childhood. So okay. what it yeah. so Timothy, oh, what go. did he have available from a child? Well, this, the, the Old Testament writings. But but yeah, you're right. Point. But 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 you are right. You know, at this time the, the new what we call the New Testament today is being assembled, it's being written. So the gospels very early on, uh some of Paul's letters very early on, including Galatians and First Thessalonians, some of those very first writings, yeah, those, those are there. And, and you know, what happens is he writes to a specific church or a specific person, and that church says, whoa, this stuff is pretty good. But you know what? Uh, let's pass that on to the, the Corinthians over there, too. They could benefit from this. And so those letters begin to be circulated, and they begin to be recognized as, as yeah, this is, this is God's word. This is more than just Paul's opinion. This is the word of God. And these verses are one of those key verses, I think, that really inform how we view the Word of God. How do we view the Bible? Uh, but but first, yeah, I just want to pick up real quick on what you said. The sacred writings, okay, so we're talking about the Old Testament here uh, that Timothy learned even as a child. But then he says, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. So I think one of the profound points here is the Old Testament is able to make you Strong for salvation, for salvation in yeah. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. I yeah. think that's pretty profound that even the Old Testament scriptures carry <laughs> Jesus Christ, right? That's what they're about. That's why they're written is to point us to the Messiah, the Savior to come. And uh, even those Old Testament scriptures make us wise for salvation in Jesus Christ. And so are the Old Testament scriptures worth us studying today and knowing and learning? Most definitely. And, uh, in fact, they're not anything separate from the new, but they're all that one account centered in Jesus Christ. So I think that's a pretty profound statement as, uh, as Paul writes to Timothy here. 
Well, and, and it's such an important thing for us so that when we read the Old Testament, we're not just reading it as a book of history about yep. the uh, Jewish people, but that we're constantly asking ourselves, what does this have to say about Jesus? Because that's that's what it's all about, the whole purpose of the Old Testament. And, and what's ironic is, you know, when we did our study on Judaism, the, the, the Jews would actually recognize that, that the whole purpose of the Old Testament was to lead up to the coming of the Messiah. Now, now, sad to say, they were thinking of him as a uh, earthly Messiah, a Messiah of power, uh, uh, and, and therefore their interpretation became more of here's the laws, here's the rules, here's the rituals, and when the Messiah comes, that's what he's going to enforce all these things. And we, of course, understand, as, as, as he says, make you wise for salvation. Yeah, we, we understand that Messiah is the one who's coming to bring us forgiveness of sins. Yeah, yeah, salvation in Jesus Christ, not salvation in anything else, but just yeah. yeah. And then it goes on to say, and all Scripture is breathed out by God, breathed out by God. And uh, again, a profound verse there, um, breathed out by God. You know, we think back, I think, to creation, right, and that importance of that breath of God, right, the Spirit, yep. and how he even breathes life into Adam in particular, um, but breathed out by God. So I, I thought, John, you know, there's some some terms, at least as Lutheran terms, we might call them. Eh, they're not just Lutheran, but but terms we use when we discuss the scriptures, when we discuss them being breathed out by God. And sometimes I think pastors just kind of throw these words out there, throw these terms out there, and don't really talk about what they mean. But I thought maybe we could unpack a little what some of these words mean when we're talking about the scriptures. So when we're talking about the scriptures being breathed out by God, one of the words we throw out there sometimes is um a verbal inspiration <laughs> okay ah, okay yeah so what yeah, is, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know so what you're talking about the bible breathed out by god what what, what is a pastor talking about verbal inspiration uh when we're talking about the scriptures well i i think usually verbal inspiration means that the very verbal the very word uh actually is is coming from god yeah. So yeah. So it, it's it's the Holy Spirit at work. So it's not just people. It's not just uh, men, right? But it's it's the Holy Spirit. He's giving the writers of the Bible uh, really the words that they recorded, right? He's inspiring them, inspiring those words. And and for me, that's why the Bible's worth reading. You know, that's why it's called the Holy Bible because it is really the Word of God. It's not just the opinions of people, right? That that would be worth reading. But it's more than that. So verbal inspiration, inspiring the words even that they recorded. And then there's two other words I was going to just touch on real quick. The one is um, inerrant. Inerrant. Ah, we use okay. that word. What in the world are we talking about when we say the Bible is inerrant? Well, actually, if you, if you look at the word, you can see what it means because it comes from the word error. Error, to make a mistake. And But this is inerrant. Uh, so it means there are no mistakes in this. Yep. Yeah. So, so yes, yeah, Scripture. Without yeah. mistakes. Exactly. Yep. Scripture has, has no errors. It doesn't contain mistakes, right? And that's a bold statement, right? And But but yet it makes sense, right? If this really is God's word breathed out by him, well, of course there's not going to be errors in it. You know, it's a, he's a perfect God. And then the one other word I was going to just throw out there is infallible. So, okay. if So we got in error. Now we've got infallible. So, uh what does that mean? It's kind of close to inerrant, right? Well, that's what I was going to say. You'll have to answer that yeah. one. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, because I think, but, but so there is a nuance you're implying to yeah, infallible? So, so scripture is, is is incapable of error. Okay, ah, so okay. so this idea that inerrant means it, it doesn't have errors in it, 
but infallible. It's not capable of error. All right. Um, so, so a little bit of a nuance there. Uh, but again, uh, the, the point being that, yeah, th- this is this is from God. So, yeah, of course, it's not going to be making errors and it doesn't have errors in it because it's from a holy, perfect God. Um, so those are some of the words that he used sometime, you know, so just verbal inspiration, inerrant, infallible. And in the end, really all of them just speaking to um, how Scripture is, as Paul puts it, breathed out by God. Right. And it's worth listening um, to. Can I can I throw a little Trinitarian comment in oh, yeah, as, sure. as we're looking at that verse? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting. Of course, you've got uh, wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Uh, you have the scripture that is uh, breathed out by God. But I was just looking up the word breathe, and the word breathe actually is spiritized. God spiritized is what it literally would be translated. So you got the spirit in there, too. Uh, he's the one that uh, takes this uh, thing uh, given by God that brings faith in Jesus Christ and he's the one that makes it profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, and for training in righteousness. Uh, so just, I, I thought it's interesting that the Holy Spirit is actually mentioned in that verse too, although it doesn't come across in the English translation. Yeah, very nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, spiritized, huh? Yeah, yeah neat. Yeah. Neat. Um, yeah, I, I just, the, the importance, the centrality of God's word here and for Timothy and for us too. Uh, and this idea, I think, that, that God's word just has power. It has power in and of itself, right? It can work in the life of the, the reader of the, the, the scriptures, the hearer of the scriptures on the radio this morning. Um, and I think that, that what's kind of interesting, too, is you know sometimes, you know, in terms of evangelism, in terms of sharing uh, Christ with others, you know, someone who may not be a Christian, witnessing to them, sometimes I think we, th- uh, you know, we feel like... Um, you know, we have to convince them of God's existence or of who Jesus is and somehow win an argument or something. But I, I think this verse in particular, verse 16, 17, reminds us, hey, maybe the best thing we can do is tell them and invite them, just read the scriptures. <laughs> you know, just just check out check out one of the Gospels. You know, read, read the book of Luke. Uh, tell me what you think about it. Because, again, this verse reminds us that there, there's power in the word itself um, and it can accomplish things. Um, so, so let the word just do its stuff, and as God promises, and I think that's one tool that we have in evangelism is just yeah, sharing the word, you know, with our words, but also just inviting them to read the word. And you, you think of the individuals down through the years that have been convinced of of the truth of the gospel just by simply reading the word for themselves. And, and uh, you know, the, traditionally, I think that was always the way our particular church body handled it. And I, I think you're right. I think it's still a good methodology to pursue now. Just invite people to come to church with you. Mm-hmm. That's that's what you need to do. That'd be a great thing. It's that they can be uh, hear this uh, scripture breathed out by God. Yeah. Now, now and given faith. Yeah. Now, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, now I guess uh, does that mean, though, that that reason has no place when it comes to reading the Bible and the no. scriptures. Well, no, right? Uh, but as we do that, the reason is always the servant of the word, right? Um, I think last week was a great example of that, John. You, you brought out uh, that, that Greek word doulos and how that applied to uh, how we look at the Gospels and, and that uh, some of the teachings of Jesus. Well, that took reason to do that, to actually know the Greek language, to actually be able to apply it. That took some reason. But yet that was reason used in service to God's word. And and that's a good thing. That's a, a salutary thing. Yeah. Yeah. Reason's great. It's a gift from God, right? But it's uh it's it's the servant of the word. Dare dare 
would we say that reason is a slave oh, to the word of God? There you go. Yeah, to bring yeah. up last week again, it's a slave to God's word. It's his, yeah, his, his instrument, his tool, his his slave. Yeah, yeah. God is the one so, who uses it. Uh, he's the one who, who created it, for crying out loud. Yeah. So we're not imposing our will on the scriptures, trying to make it say no. what we would like it to say. But yeah, using our reason, using our knowledge of languages and all of that, we come just wanting the Holy Spirit to teach us what God has to say. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's a tempting thing to do to want to you know put your own spin on it. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, John, I, let's see. Maybe we should. I think we have a little more time here. We could probably squeeze in uh, some of the first verses of chapter four. I think it gets to okay. Timothy, as pastor, how do you use the word then? Okay, if it's that important, how do you use it? All right, so you've been equipped for every good work, so here's what you do. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. Should I keep reading, Matt? Well, uh, well, maybe we can stop there because we're okay. our time's running short. I mean, it's just yeah. so much fun. We get into this, Sean. But, but yeah. Is. So, so what? Okay, here's the word breathed out by God. It's so very important as a as a preacher. What is Timothy supposed to do with preach the word? It. Preach it, right? Preach Be ready. It, yeah. Be always ready in season and out of season. It's always relevant. Be ready. Be ready to preach it. Um, yeah. And, and and Matt, that that's one of my favorite words because it's not. See, to, to us, preaching has has become kind of a a negative thing, right? Oh, you're preaching at me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the word here in the Greek is kerusa, which means to make a proclamation. Tell people how it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's a beautiful thing. People need to hear it. And the other thing is, though, that's, that's sort of humbling, I think, is he, he, Paul says, I charge in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to be judge of the living and the dead. Ooh, man. So yeah, in that yeah. preaching of the word, guess who finally is going to judge Timothy as as pastor? Well, guess Jesus Christ, right? Well, he judges every one of us. But I think the spe- you know when he when Paul ties that to the preaching, though, I think that there's a special admonition or word of warning there uh, that as you preach and as you're ready, keep in mind uh, that we are uh, answerable to to the judge, uh, Jesus Christ. Well, and that's why when we're doing our preaching, I would think the center and the focus of that preaching would have to be salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Because like the Apostle Paul said, this is a trustworthy saying, Jesus Christ came in this world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. (laughs) You know, so any decent preacher knows that if he is to be judged on the basis of his works, he will indeed be condemned. But of course, we are judged on the basis of the word we preach, which is about forgiveness of sins in Jesus Christ. Yeah, Yeah, that's the comfort. So the very one that we have forgiveness in as preachers is the one we need to proclaim as preachers to be faithful preachers of the word, Jesus Christ. Because in the verses to come, uh, Paul says, there's a time coming where people are going to have itching ears and they're just going to want to hear what they want to hear. And uh, we'll talk more about that in another episode as our time draws short. But with that temptation, boy, uh, that admonition to, to preach the word. I'd uh, be ready in season, out of season, and, and to keep in mind that, yeah, Jesus Christ is, is judge. Well, Matt, I look forward to being back down there with you in St. Louis. And uh, our next episode, we'll be together again. Um, and, and thank you for sharing us again more about these, these crucial words from the Apostle Paul to his son, Timothy, and also then to you and me. 
That's right. Okay, we'll see you next time. We'll see you here in studio, John. Uh, Join us again here on Wrestling with Wrestling with the Basics.